Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself Pete here and uh, got to Dixon in the early morning, uh, getting himself prepped for the day. Dixon, I just have one question, my friend. Have you ever been to a land down under? Only in passing, unfortunately. And do you, do you plunder? <laughs> oh. Can you, can you hear the thunder? Oh. Never you better run. You better take cover. Uh, you see what I did there? The song <laughs> of I the appreciate people. the uh, performance of our national anthem. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's like a lot of things. Like I moved back out to Kansas, and of course, you hear all these Wizard of Oz references now. And I'm sure it's the same thing with Australia, where you just hear all these just ridiculous things that are just stereotypical. Australia this, men at work, we got Liam with us. What's going on, Liam? I will say, I think there are a few things that delight Australians more than the stereotypes Americans have of them. Um, <laughs> the all, all the stuff about how everything will try to kill you. and uh, I was just the... thinking about that one. I'm like, <laughs> is everything trying to kill you, Liam? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, it t- takes... Oh, look, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I think the last time I had American friends over, I took them to the uh, Australia Zoo and the um, proceeded to horrify them by t- describing to them what wombats do to dogs. And uh, and wombats are one of the cuddliest, fluffy balls imaginable, and even they're sort of messed up. Do they do they eat dogs? Uh, no. no, no. The issue is more of like if like a cattle dog or something chases a wombat into its burrow, the wombat breaks all its bones. And, uh, <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like otters, man. Everybody think otters are like all cute. They're freaking then, vicious. Yeah, well, yeah. There's a lot of, lot of animals like that. Like the first time yeah. I learned about dolphins, I was like. <sighs> Ooh, that's that's why I laugh when I see all those people <laughs> swimming with dolphins and then they just get violently like humped or something. Yeah, I mean that's a nice way to put, you know, surprise, you know. Yeah, you know, you know. Anyways, <laughs> we're talking about Malifaux, not just uh, have a happy time. Viol- of- violent animal. Well, I mean, I mean, how how happy is Malifaux? I mean, oh, <laughs> I, I would say Malifaux is a place where bad things happen and all the local wildlife is out to kill you. So I feel very at home talking about Malifaux. That is fair, you know, because you turn around the corner and it's like, ah, there's eyes and ears listening to me. Oh, no, my dreams are being viciously ripped apart. Nexus <laughs> would be very, like, in good company in Australia, I think. Probably. We've got a, we've got, we've got a lot of spiders for her to chill with. Oh man, I tell you, like you get some like ridiculous big just nasty spiders. Like I remember being in Iraq and seeing these like camel spiders that just want to kill you. Wow. 
yeah, terrifying. I'm, I'm happy to live in an island where the biggest thing is a centipede. You know, biggest thing that's trying to kill you. That's about it. Yeah. Check check your shoes, man. Dude, it's it's nuts because like no, it's underneath. They're they're underneath rocks. They don't ah, they don't like yeah yeah underneath rocks and by the wall. So like whenever you go to sleep, you want to make sure that nothing is on your bed. That's about it. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna be talking about Outcasts and GG three today. So uh, Outcasts have some pretty gross things that uh, you definitely want, don't want to get near, uh, including you know centipedes might be at home with Hamlin. I don't know, but. <laughs> Wrong uh, we're gonna do one. The, it's nexus yeah, yeah we're gonna do the same thing that we've done with each one we're gonna kind of go through it and we're gonna say okay for each strategy uh we got two masters we like and then one that we don't like into the strat mm. and we'll kind of get into that um but before you do that make sure that you guys check us out you can do that on twitter we got a discord channel uh the youtube channel by the time this comes out i'm actually gonna throw another video up and this one actually was a surprise so since uh, I had a bunch of Europeans just, you know, just I would I, I don't want to say cuss me out, but they strongly told me I was wrong about Sandeep, uh, specifically the title. So I heard it so much from people and explained to me why I was like, yeah, you guys are wrong. It's like really good. And people are winning a lot with this. And I was like, oh, all right, all right, all right. I'll try it out. Yeah. So I dropped yeah. it again. And it went from me from. Yeah, it went for me from hot garbage to, eh, it's okay. <laughs> I think, yeah, and I actually liked it a lot because it it is, there's a lot going on there specifically with the mantras and you can discard cards to trigger the mantras to do things. Um, and to me, it's interesting because I was telling Dixon that I was playing Lady J and she was good at answering questions. I feel like Sandeep Fun of Magic is like good at, providing questions to your opponent and saying like hey can you deal with being stunned can you deal with being slow can you deal with pyre markers can you deal with me flying over here can you deal with me smashing you with an ice golem and yeah it's pretty it's pretty interesting i i definitely liked enough where i bought it and i'm i'm playing arcanist and if it seems good enough i'm gonna maybe play it in a tournament or two and see what happens i still don't know if i'm gonna switch it out for houston uh, but luckily I have a good enough kind of feel for cruise where if I want to switch back to guilds for Houston, I can. So, yeah, I'm going to play these Arcanist masters for a bit. They're, they're interesting. I'm going to, you know, all the crap I talked about Arcanists, I'm going to play them for a bit. So, <laughs> but, uh, the reason why I bring that up is because on the YouTube channel, I actually got the Arcanist starter box, which it's going to get nerfed, but the models are cool enough and I think they'll still I don't think they're going to get Yasin or I think they're going to be playable. So um, so I bought the box. And I tell you what, the that the new starter, so I think that one and the 10 Thunders one, I actually think are pretty good quality-wise. I actually um, I actually checked out the new Fate decks in those, and I checked out the models. And the new Fate decks are way better than like the Outcast starter because the Outcast starter felt kind of like waxy and the cards kind of sucked. The new Arcanist cards are actually pretty decent. Like you can, you can, you know, shuffle them and they feel fine. So I was happy to see that. I'm going to make a video about it showing kind of the, how, how well put together that starter box is. And then finally, if you want to support us directly, you can do that at Patreon at patreon.com slash rage quit wire. You can support us for as little as a dollar. And then finally, if you want to, uh, if you buy something from weird, you can support us directly that way too. 
you can just go to give us your money, please. Thank you. Dash weird.com slash rich quit wire. And they just throw, throw some our way for people that listen to the podcast and want to support us. That's another way to do it. So getting into talking about GG three with outcasts, uh, we were kind of talking about this right before we hit record that outcasts. I, I really don't feel like there's a terrible pick for like, what's good in into gg3 i feel like most of these masters and keywords can do a lot of the stuff so it's going to be interesting to to hear what people think and um we we all definitely have our preferences i know liam you you had definitely you're like yeah i probably like some stuff that people don't like but it's going to be interesting (laughs) yeah uh some of mine are probably going to come off as pretty extreme hot takes here and there but um I, I do I do think it's a really good thing to know. I think uh, that outcasts have an amazing depth of field as a faction in general. Like, we don't really have a useless keyword to begin with. And then GG3 kind of doubles down on that because most of GG3 is just, like, a series of strategies that all lend themselves to a brawl somewhere on the center line. And that's kind of what most of our keywords do as a faction. So yeah. there's, not, there's not this, like, big difference when i list on a lot of these strategies when i list my what i think the best uh keywords are and then what i think the worst is there's not much in them a lot of the time particularly with the right schemes the worst one might be a pretty good choice and sometimes like i don't think for example i don't think i'm going to mention leviticus like as a call out on any of these but i also think that if you play leviticus on any gg3 strategy you are making a top tier competitive choice um so the fact that i'm not going to talk about him as a best or a worst doesn't really say <laughs> well, much honestly and that's like, why i think we're, we got the, the, a, we're a, yeah i was just going to say i think we got a good combination though of outcast players cuz all three of us have played outcast for a good chunk of time um and i i'm probably more traditional with a lot of my outcast picks just because I like what I like, and they're pretty much a lot of traditional picks for Outcast. And then Dixon just has weird kind of aggro ideas with Outcast, so he uh, he plays plays some interesting styles with Outcast when he does dip into them. Yeah, I, it was kind of funny because like I think we played about like a month or so ago where I played Vicky's, and you're like Vicky's, what the hell? And then all of a sudden I was just like pushing everything into your side of the table, and things were dying on my side, but I won. Barely. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like uh, whenever you play Vix, it's kind of this race of can I kill enough stuff before my Vix start dying and how does that start tipping in the scales? And yeah, you, you do a good job of slicing it out. You, you get the day, you get the win. Yeah, so when we do this, like we said, you pick two that you like and then one that you, we say don't like, um, but it's kind of like the way people reacted to, you know, the Arcanist one with Sandeep. And I think we, I think we were wrong about Sandeep. I think he's solid, um, and you could play him. Like, like I said, I played Carve the other day against Dixon, and turn two, I had both of the strap markers and Carve into Dixon's deployment zone. So it's like there's some stuff there, and yeah, it's good. But you got to keep in mind that you're looking at the players and kind of like what they see and what they like. So uh, just know that you can play something that we don't mention or we say we wouldn't play into it and if you make it work good on you we're definitely i i know i'm not what i would classify as like a top tier player i'm i'm solid but 
especially I get into those keywords I don't know as well. Sometimes I just talk out my butt a little bit, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I will say I still don't see Sandeep one. Like, I don't know if I would ever play that, but that's just me um, in its current situation. I'm just kind of like, eh, summoning mini, mini dudes to make a big dude. I'm like, man. Well, not, not only summoning mini dudes to make big dudes, but make the big dudes not count for strategies is yeah. really, really bad. Yeah. Though at least on Covert, Covert they would still count, right? Because no. they still have the claim tokens. Like the original, so long as you have one hired minion as part of the golem, I think the claim token carries over. And so yeah, I think the tokens score do. Covert operations. So there's way to make there's ways to make it work on at least one strategy at least. But yeah, I want to like take a look at that. But as far as I know, they all all of them had stipulations of a summon upgrade. Yeah, because I know conditions yeah, no, I think, transfer I think, over I think, to replace. I don't know if tokens do. Tokens do. Take it from yeah. the Hamlin player. Tokens definitely do. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah tokens transfer. That much I know. Uh, also from Titania player, because like the Gorar, he gets a token, and then when he molts into the other, he also keeps the. the okay, token. that makes sense. I, I, I'm just sense. mostly familiar from fighting Corophy duets and making absolutely certain that yes, the blight stays on the Corophy as it splits and comes back together <laughs> <laughs> so i do want to ask you guys because i do want to get your opinions on this before we start into it so looking at teary specifically in outcasts uh do either of you have enough teary games where you think you can mention her in these picks uh i don't um I've only played a couple of games. I'm mostly waiting for the models to actually release. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and I'm not, I don't know. I, I think a lot of what she does is just sort of more of what a lot of outcasts already do. And, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So. And Dixon, um, you said you got enough games to, uh, oh, yeah. to comment. Yeah. I mean, I got, I had like seven or eight, just on our testing and then after that i kept playing her uh architect specifically uh just like get you know feel for it or try to see if i could get it better i probably played like eight or nine games with that one uh so i feel comfortable be it, you know where she goes uh but yeah architect is still like eh. no i did definitely one i played the most she's the mo more interesting of the two yeah and she's <laughs> interesting but the problem is that she doesn't have anything overt so like every single time i play her you are giving the opponent way too many chances. And I was going to ask you, Dixon, because I think, and this is actually something I encourage a lot of people to do. You and I actually did a game and we played without the uh, the models that are going to get nerfed. We didn't play with those because we're like, okay, these are going to be different. Mm. Let's play a game without them because we know that they're not going to be as OP as they currently are. True. So I think you tried Tyria without the Matron and I played... Uh, what did I play? Did I play Tall without Watson, I think? No, or Louisa? Without Loisa, yeah. No, yeah. no, I didn't play. I played, I played without Watson, too. I didn't bring him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but you were playing the Artillery, so you were playing the one that says it's going to get nerfed, but you didn't play neither Watson or Loisa, and it was still, like, a hard game. It's still solid, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that when you know these nerfs are coming down, just getting used to that. Like I bought the the Watchmen and stuff for Arcanist, but I'm not going to play with them until I I know what the changes are. So just kind of getting used to, especially going into playing tournaments, uh, not playing with the super OP stuff. 
I was gonna say I can relate. I haven't touched Yannick in months at this point. Um, for ex- pretty much exactly that reason, it stopped feeling fair. <laughs> yeah, and um, like I said, I I don't think I I abused her as much as some people do. Like whenever I brought her, you know, you draw like two or three cards. I would draw like two or three cards throughout the turn with her. She'd do some ping damage and stuff, and you know, her shotgun's good and. I, I just don't think I was being egregious or gross with it, so. But yeah. I stopped bringing her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're you're one of the few players that I know that doesn't abuse Black Blood as crazy. Like, like I, I don't know how many times well, I told you, like, dude, did you forget that you can shoot your I'm just not a Dude, I'm just not a Neverborn player. It's like, there's a lot of Neverborn stuff where I'm like, oh, yeah, you can do this stupid thing. <laughs> I think you got to have a different mentality. Outcast, so. Yeah, it is. It is a different mentality. Yeah, I'm not like I like playing Barbaros, but I'm not a good Barbaros player when it comes to I'm good at like being aggressive and going to get things right, like going to kill things. But then when it's like, oh, yeah, I could just automatically do like three damage by abusing black black blood. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot that's a thing. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, back in the day, this is M1E tech. We used to attack our models all the time, so we would blast off of them. Which is the main reason why that rule is there, that you can't blast off a friendly yeah. models anymore. <laughs> so getting into the strategies. So we'll kind of just start with probably one of the ones I think outcasts are just generally good at. I think outcasts just generally have a lot of killers in the faction. So with cursed objects, you kill stuff by, you know, and you, get, you remove the token that's on it and you score points. So... You can do that at range. You can do it at close combat, whatever. So what do you guys... Uh, we'll start with Liam. What do you think are a couple masters that are really good at curse? So I would say my top two for curse would be Hamlin and Von Schill. I'm going to try to not name Hamlin on every one of the strategies. It's going to be a bit of a struggle for me. But <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make an effort. Um, but I think Hamlin... Like, it's kind of exactly the sort of game he wants to play. He's got a bit of a... um, Part of it is that I think there's two ways to approach cursed objects. You can approach it like an outright brawl, which Hamlin's perfectly fine with doing. And uh, you can play it much more cagey. And he doesn't love that much, but at least he's got his lure uh, to pull someone into the mess of his models. And then actually, um, you can usually still find a way to kill an opponent model every turn. Um, yeah, he's really good at that. And he can use his rats to have activation control, so he can minimize your opponent's ability to play KG into you. So I think he's... uh, So that's why he's kind of top of my list, is I think he... um, He's got a balance for the two main ways of of approaching the strategy. And he's fairly good at denying it, because... well, one is there's the absolutely cracked way of playing it, which you just hire 12 rats, throw some upgrades on your stolen, Nick, hire Nix and Hamlin, and then just try to make it so your opponent <laughs> never gets a point on the uh, on the strategy. I've played that um, once. I've done that a few times. Uh, it, it's I always feel bad doing it because it's such an obnoxious way to, uh, almost like bad faith way to approach uh, the game design. But uh, it's so fun putting 12 rats on the table and just running them around i i love rats as a as a model and um it just feels really good <laughs> and i just wish yeah. it wasn't like mean <laughs> in the way I that mean, it is i know what you mean because like i for funsies i played a game like that where i 
uh, which I'm calling it. I, I have one rat catcher, and as a surprise, after I use the rat catcher to move as many rats as possible to move forward, I would kill the rat catcher <laughs> uh, in turn one. And when you do that in curse, what happens? The token just goes to the nearest model, so it usually went to either Hamlin himself or Nyx. And my opponent was just like, "Well, <laughs> well yeah." And also, if if the point. rats <laughs> if the rats are replacing into actual models like the Rat King and whatnot, the, I mean, you don't get a token because they're not summoned, so it's not going to hurt you. Right. Well, no. It's even better than that. So uh, this is the non-screwed uh, up way to play Hamlin, is that you can hire a crew that more or less functions like a normal Hamlin crew. Uh, you probably lean away from a large support staff of squishy models for Benny and instead hire a fairly uh, tight number of um, models. Like something like Barbaros gets thrown in there. Just some make sure that everything in the crew is relatively hard to kill. But yeah. that you still have some activations on the table that can drop markers for Benny and summon rats with. Um, so like the hodgepodge emissary is usually in there. You've got the wretch who's a stealth manipulative model that they can't cheat against. You've oh, got so uh, Nyx himself. Like your opponent at least has can put out all their tokens, which they can't do against the all rats version. Um, but they've got no soft targets to prey on. Yeah. Um, but what what that happens though is that when you summon the rats even when they're summoned they don't get cursed tokens because they're insignificant they don't count for the strategy so even the summoned rats can then replace into a rat king and it still doesn't have a token on it because it's replacing from a bunch of rats that didn't have yep. tokens on them yep. so um but you don't even have to go that far often um i would prefer to keep them as rats because then your opponent doesn't get the option to interact to throw a marker onto the rat king which is quite killable <laughs> yes. um so you, you can play this version of Hamlin where what you present to your opponent, even if you're not trying to be evil about it, is still tough models and insignificant models that they can't score from. Uh, so he's, so this, that's, this is basically why I rate Hamlin really highly on this strategy, is that he's, pretty, he's got good tools to kill a model a turn. Um, he drags them in, he hits them with his black staff, he puts five injured on them, and then they, they die. Yeah, and I think that's encouraging, too, because I think there's a lot of Hamlin players that want to play him. And I think there's a misconception. And I mean, I'll, I tell specifically if there's a new player, I tell them all the time when they're looking at Hamlin. I'm just like, yeah, you can play Hamlin. It's probably not the good one to start off with because no. you need to put so many reps into Hamlin to really kind of get a hold of when to do what. Yeah. And I mean, just just off the top of my head, uh, one of the bad matchups where killing a rat just gives your opponent way more resources than it gives you. Uh, you know, when is a rat a a negative to you because yeah. of you know space in the floor or something else? Like it's so many little things. Uh, and the big one, the two big ones that kill Hamlin are anti demise tech and anti heal tech. It's just weird that, how that comes up. I'm less bothered by the counter-tech, um, because, like, for example, Lantern of Souls is the, sort of, I guess, the premier anti-demise, um, but it only works within six inches of Hamlin, and Hamlin is still a 6-7, 12-health Soulstone user, so he usually doesn't die that quickly, and living within six inches of Hamlin is not easy. 
So if That's you what put, we call a danger zone. Yeah, it, so if you throw, you, like, if you've teched in several Lantern of Souls models and you're like, because you, or, I mean, several, uh, most most factions don't exactly, ha aren't exactly swimming in them, um, but, like, if you've, if you've brought some la a Lantern of Souls or something, you have to be, it, it's still a game, it's not like it's a hard counter to Hamlin, yeah. you have to actually really pick your moment on when to commit that, and I, as the Hamlin player, know that's your, like, main in. And yeah, yeah. I, but and they don't have you, to. Uh, they don't have to keep the Lantern Souls model there forever. Just no, they don't. But they just have I'm to a, have it there for like the last like two to three health. They correct, but I'm running around with a stat seven lure, so they've got to be really cagey to, you know, avoid that. Yeah, I think that's the big thing too. Is I'm not a cagey player a lot of times. Like, I, I can I can play. Well, no, I can play a little <laughs> reserved, but. Like when I see like a really cagey player go where they're obviously like, I'm going to move back to my deployment zone. And I'm just like, okay, I wouldn't do that. Like I'm always moving a little forward to try and, you know, get the engagement going. But I think if you're definitely like a cagey person who can be very patient and use the lures and use, you know, all the blight bombs and all this stuff, I think Hamlin can be very good for you. So I think if you feel like you like that play style, Hamlin's good for that because Patient okay. and methodical is good for Hamlin. Yeah, met I will agree. Methodical. I, I think the best games that I have with Hamlin, I I just learn when to shift gears. So I don't know about patient. Yeah, that, 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 that is patient like, though. I don't know. Like I, I would like look for the entrance turn one. I'd be like, like one of my favorite things. And I, I think yeah, I but if it's like not there, ago. you're not going to force it. You're going to be patient and be like, okay, I want to kill something, but it's not there. So I'm not going well, in. Look, okay. So you said the word that I was missing. I will force it. I will oh. go out of my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just forgot the word for a second. The, you're, just, you're just doing the scorpion. Get over here. Get over here. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's happened. I will stone for an extra crow on that lure and then cheat a lure, like a, a crow. Like I, that's how like, I'll be like, no, that model, get over here. And my, it just that's puts fair. the fear of God on models sometimes. I did that once to, I think it was dash hole one uh, in a tournament game. I lost the tournament game, but like, I remember my, my opponent scrambling turn one to try to fix that mistake. Cause I literally had his dash hole with like six blight tokens uh, within like, I think it was like 11 inches from my deployment zone or something. It was something okay. stupid. And uh, I, I don't think there's a lot of explanation for this, this Liam, but I mean, why do you like Von Schill into, uh, into cursed? Certainly this is the case pending the Yannick nerf. We'll see, sure. see how it goes. But um, look, you got a million cards. You've got a front line that's all armored, shielded, soulstone users. So you're not exactly easy to score points off of. You hit like a goddamn truck. You can cheat every duel, like with a severe half the time, because um, you've got two tools for the job models and your engineers, and then Yannick just drawing you constantly. He's just a very effective brawler and it's very efficient to kill models with someone like Hannah who can comfortably drop something in the 14 to 16 damage on a model in an activation and um, you have the cards to make sure that that like just will work barring jokers yeah. so um, yeah he, he's just probably our best flat brawler in a vacuum so um <laughs> Yeah, and who's the, uh, what's the keyword that you wouldn't bring into Cursed often? This one's hard. Um, 
Like, yeah. I'm probably going to say Tara. And I don't want to, in a way, because um, she's quite good at, like, the cagey approach. Like, there's that approach to curse where you try to avoid committing. You yeah. go in at the she end She can of the scalpel turn. out kills, for sure. Yeah. yeah. The, the only reason I'm putting her that low is because um, she's not... Like, I intend not to find her a reliable killer. Like, if I draw a 13 with Tara, I'm not usually holding onto that 13 to push damage through at some point. I'm usually holding onto it to push a stutter time through at some point. Um, so that her, like, core crew mechanics work. Because you... And as a result, like, I, whenever I play Tara, I kill models. But it's usually luck of the deck, or sometimes card counting if I'm using time warp. But, um... It's rarely something that I'm, like, conserving resources to make sure this happens. And because I'm not, I don't feel like Tara, like, has that ability to just, like, say a model will die in quite the same way that Hamlin dropping their defense to zero or uh, Shill just having five, like, 12 ups in his hand <laughs> can. No. Um, I'm a bit less confident that Tara can get kills. My preferred version is usually Tara 1. She's a summoner. Summoners are a, summons are a bit of a liability on Cursed. Hers are on the better side where they can theoretically, like, they can be buried when they're under threat and. Um, Technically, you could even summon them, keep them buried for a turn, and only unbury them when they have the ability to interact and get rid of their token. That's still taking away some of the functionality. But even with all of that said, Tara 2, still pretty dang good at cursed objects. You can play the KG game pretty well. Um, she's a bit less dependent on stutter time to um, make her core mechanics work, so she can hold on to those good cards to make sure models die. Rewind is great for the KG plays. You can still do things pretty close to the old 33 kidnap by making, uh, putting Rewind on Talos, making him fast and running him across the table to bury someone, and then just dogpiling him, that, that, that kidnap model, uh, with your nothing beast and your scion. So, like... Yeah, like that's if that that's our like worst case scenario, and no. I still still think it's it's pretty good. Yeah. What about you, Dixon? Uh, do you differ in opinions with two that you'd bring? Yeah, uh, just one. Instead of, and it's not because he's not good. It's just my preferred is Jack Daw instead of uh, Moncho. That's it. Okay, so so you like Hamlin as well? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. For the exact same reason what we talked about earlier, I wasn't like. Ex- like being hyperbolic okay. or anything. Oh yeah. So, like, so what? So what do you like about Daw night. though? Because I don't know if I've ever seen you play Daw. Pete, we played Daw when Daw was in a quote-unquote bad matchup, and I won. I don't remember that. Uh huh. Lady J, Lady J two. Really? You no, don't I don't remember. remember. That? I don't remember uh, that. Yeah, of course you're not. <laughs> <laughs> execute, execute, execute. <laughs> anyway, but that's the main reason why like, they teleport in. Uh, usually, I'll have like an action left over. Or if I'm lucky, I have to. Uh, I lose the fast on this. That's the big issue. Because when we were talking about it, we were talking about aggressors. Yeah. And sloth is is like, you know, a very very good thing for like the dead rider getting fast. Uh, and I forgot because uh, like the the hanger not on dead, so you can't and, make uh, them fast. Montressor is the. Uh... There you go. That's what it was. 
Yeah, because Montresor can obey the same model twice, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, he can. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you can do uh, on your heels from an obey from Montresor being fast. And, yeah, so that's, those little things like that, uh, they, they help a lot. Uh, instead, you gain access to the hodgepodge emissary. So you usually don't want to because the synergy is very, very high. But I have done it. I have done, like, all right, I'm just going to slot in the hodgepodge because I need to survive more. But that's it. That's literally the only two differences between us. Uh, I say the same thing with Terra as my non-pick, but it's a slightly different reason. Uh, the timing between killing somebody when they're when they're buried and when they're on the table, it feels too janky sometimes, and that's the reason why. Because like when you kill somebody when they're buried, it doesn't count. Uh, I, I think, think it does. Is it that they? I think it counts. I think it goes the, to, no, it goes to the, the next the, person. No, that's um. Uh, Did I like, is, that? Isn't that the only rule for um? Oh, it's that been a second since I read it. If a model was upset, then because of the... if the killed model was buried, its tokens are instead placed on any models in the same crew chosen by the crew's owner. So you yes, can't no. discuss. So, 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 but that but that's what it does if the token isn't removed. So like it's yeah. what you do instead of moving the excess tokens to the nearest model. Yeah, so I if you had, that that line, yeah, if you had two tokens, you remove one to score. And then the excess token, if you're buried, then hits that caveat of being hmm. buried. So I, okay, so that actually boosts her, my play with her a little bit more. I read that line, since it's a separate line completely, as like over, you know, replacing yeah. the, the first one. Yeah, like I'm not even joking. Like I always thought it was just like, oh, I guess I'm bone if I kill them well buried. I, yeah, I could sort of see it, but my understanding is it's just modifying the immediately preceding sentence about okay. how excess tokens move around yeah i i, I would have thought that if it wasn't a period because it's a it's completely different sentence so that's the main reason my brain went to like oh okay so this is just a replace if anyway but uh everything else that you said about her still applies uh mainly because like she's not a killer like she kidnaps people and kills her one by one but i'd rather play hamlin for that yeah, and I mean, I'm pretty much in similar boats here a little bit. Uh, I think Von Schill, I would just, I can drop him into Cursed all day. It's like, you have so much armor and there's so much healing in keyword. And it's just, even even what you would call a bad matchup, Von Schill can just, has the tech to kind of fight around and play around. Uh, he can just spike, you know, like nine damage on a model. So, you know, that's also just things that happen. Yes, and, Von Schill's just like, oops, I killed the model. The I hardest mean, hitting crew in the game is free yeah. board. So it's just it's an iron wall that's gonna sit there and fight, and that's that's what you want. You want you want someone yep. that's gonna fight. So uh, my other one's actually kind of a bit of su a surprise because when we did the Bayou one, I specifically said I wouldn't pick Zip into Cursed. I actually would pick Zip into Cursed a lot, but specifically because of the Dread Pirate title. Because Outcast has so many killers that you can literally just hire Dread Pirate. You can bring some of your normal stuff, like you can bring the first mate. But I I bring him for full speed ahead because you can set up some nasty alphas with like Barbaros or I've brought uh, Rusty Alice sometimes and just have a Skeeter taxiing her around and just shooting the crap out of people. 
So, so good. yeah, and and Dread Pirate draws a bunch of cards because booty and plunder is probably the best bonus in the game. I might think uh, it's pretty good. It's uh, yeah, no, yeah. no, we've we've got we've unclean influences in contention, so no, but it's still very good. What? Yes. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, unclean influences is, is only rats. It's vermin, so rat kings get to take actions off that's, it, and that's they can a giant pile triggers. of rats. I mean, and technically then... speaking, by your wording, then also the the wing plague, wing plague but... also get to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's but, just like but it, because it's not, there's no, it's not, it's not off a trigger. It can also generate onslaught attacks for the rat king. I've I've seen, I've had turns where the rat kings have gotten like four actions off of my bonus action. It's yeah. Oh, I mean, but, again, but it's not that it's bad. I'm just saying, it's like I don't think it's better. <laughs> I I I, th- I like I I I genuinely think it's a. I think you're biased. I think you are biased. But I love Hamlin. So on the the zip subject, though, I I he's really cute on cursed objects as well because he's got the ability to swan in, hit someone, ditch a card to for someone on the table to get rid of their token, and then his uh, is it monologuing the ability to like ditch cards you just drew to throw out distracted. It's very easy for his activation to put put your opponent like two AP like like for the cost of one action from him and a card, like have put your opponent two actions back on being able to score because yeah. now you're you've lost your token and they have to deal with being distracted, which probably means that they lose an attack. And you um, have Captain's Challenge, so you can engage multiple models and be oh, like, Cool, I'm gonna challenge this one. Your beaters literally have to attack you know yep. zip. Yep, this uh, this totem or this useless support model that's not gonna really kill me. Hanbachu. Yeah, I think I think that's my preferred approach. Is you you challenge the useless models and then you run off and engage the the uh, the dangerous yep. ones. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but they're usually together. That's why you so like I'm with P because P is right. They're usually like within a bubble, mm-hmm. and then you just go and jump at the useless model. So like I I understand why he said it. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I'm 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 fully on board. Look. Like I said, I I don't I think it's very hard to find a straight up bad outcast master on cursed objects. Yeah, yeah. Or indeed, and most then, of GG three. Uh, ironically, I don't think I don't think I've ever picked Vix for cursed objects. Makes sense. Just just because, because yes, you're going to kill stuff, but you're also going to be killed. So yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, you, they're, they're still have... pretty good at that like KG style of play where they wait right. till towards the end of the turn and then they lunge in kill something with and yep. try to not be within retaliation range but yeah, yeah no it's a, it's they, a, it they, feels it feels like a harder way to play the game compared to you know the other ones we mentioned so yep. like the thing because i want to defend a little bit of the vix i think the vix have a good gun crew that they can bring but they are still made out of like semi squishy models so you have to rely almost solely on their mobility and a good you know placement yeah but like a lot like less you guys error. both said Exactly, but like you guys both said, it's like other crews can do it with a bigger margin of error. Like you can make more mistakes and still win. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like Von Schill, I can just pick a spot, stand there, and be fine. It's like if yep. you mess up with the Victorias, you're going to get rolled. Yep, and and again, the the Frakers are the hardest hitting crew in the game. Like yep. so you can't go wrong with like their damage. It's like I'm going to crush you. <laughs> now that being said, if your placement is on point and you love the Vix and you're like, you just your 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 activations are so clean with them and you know exactly where you need to be, you could scalpel out a good win with Cursed. I just know 
not everybody plays that way with the Vix, yeah. and they find themselves in trouble all the time. <laughs> uh, that being said, minions, I do love I do love the Ronin. Those minions are nasty. I was literally, literally going to mention that. Like, even in our game, you like scalped out a Ronin turn one, and I was like. I gotta be a little bit more. <laughs> All right, I can't be stupid with it. <laughs> All right, so we got cursed. Uh, so going into uh, the sit and get schemes, let's go ahead and do uh, covert ops first. So I'll start with you this time, Dixon. So if you're looking at covert, what uh, what masters do you like? All right, so core ops, two inch reach, free core, like just slam dunk in there. They have access to at least two, if I remember correctly. Who in Freegor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shield two. Yeah, Von, yeah Von Shield two. One of them. No, no, but there's another one. Oh my god, I'm trying to remember. Lazarus doesn't have two inch melee, no. does he? Yeah, I don't think there's as much as you think. About a versatile, no, no, I think it's it's a versatile model that I'm thinking about. But yeah, no, two inch reach. So shield two. That's the first thing. Uh, and I'll probably pick somebody. Oh, Taylor. I just pick her out a keyword because again, same okay. reason. Two inch reach. You can, you know, give her focus if necessary. Uh, just stupid stuff like that. And they, she doesn't get the upgrades, but you still don't need to really because she's like hard to wound and uh, or hard to kill. One of the two, and she has souls. So I don't know. I think that's good enough for a solo model. And then you have the free course stuff. Yeah, so, well, and those models are very good at sitting on points. Yeah, well, especially and, Eric. And there's a lot of, like, sorry, I was just going to say before you get into more, yeah, yeah. there's all, specifically with Von Schill 1, there's a lot of just random like, hey, I'm going to throw an upgrade and you get a two-inch push. So that out-of-activation push stuff can be really good. Oh, my God, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I don't play him as often, though. I should, but I don't like him as much, but I do personally like Ironheart a lot, especially for this mission. But yeah, sure. that, uh, and Eric has uh, Gravity Well. So those are the two yeah. main reasons why I like it. I like the fact that you can, because it's it's outcast, you have easy access to a really good beater that's two inch reach, and you have one chill too, and you have the free core stuff that's just like, I'll sit in this point, and if you get close to me, I'll kill you. All right, and who's your second one? Uh, second one's a little harder. I, I really like Zip, but it's just so hard lately for me to play Zip, uh, <laughs> not in Bayou. Fair. Yeah, so I'll say Zip because I still like him a lot, and he's a two-inch reach as well. Uh, I don't yes. like Mancha in this mission, but you can have Mancha. Well, I mean, uh, you have you have Mancha, uh, you have Zip, you have Maris. And yeah, Maris, Maris is my... Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, Maris and Zip can just fly around and deny people. Yeah, yeah. No, no. And, and the reason why I said Mancha is because Mancha is also a good... Because, you know, that condition, best condition. Oh, yeah. And Mancha can, like, you know, from the top rope and just, you know, kill a model by doing seven damage to every people. I, so, I, funny enough, I was playing Sandeep against Zip, right? Yeah. And my local player brought Mancha. And I had Mancha. I think he was... I think he was slow and stunned, and he and he still spiked damage and like well, almost killed my metal golem. I was like, okay, we need to kill this guy. <laughs> he still gets flurry, if I remember correctly. Yeah, as I'm saying, he I, still did. I, I also think Zip's worth noting because, like, one, um, 
significant totems are super rare in uh, in Outcasts. So he's one of the, like, I think it's what him and Terry are the only two options to uh, get a free claim token. Hmm. Um, oh, and and the Vix technically. Um, yeah, because yeah. both either version of the Vix will get you a, a yeah. second. What was the other one that you said? Uh, Tiri, Vix, Tiri. and Zip. Yeah. The, oh, Tiri is so good too. Uh, and the other thing is that like Zip's got that whole rule better things to do, which means he's kind of not meant to be a scoring model. And this is one of those rare strategies where yeah. he's as legitimate a scorer as any other model. Yeah. Uh, it's very very cute. Yep. Yeah, I actually think this the strategies are actually very good for Zip because even though he can't interact and he's got better things to do. He can still stand in places, and he can still deny, and he can still kill, technically, if you want to do that. Yep. Um, this is actually one of the better missions for Zip 1, too, uh, as well, I mean, because yes. Zip Cause 1... Because 2-inch reach is huge. Yeah, he doesn't have to interact either. And, like, and dive. And di well, so you don't have diversion because we're, that's by you, but uh, right. yeah. the 2-inch reach is still good. Oh, yeah. 2-inch reach, the uh, fact that he flies like 8 or 7 inches in, in eight. Outcast. It's 8. It's yeah, a, yeah. A, uh, well, <laughs> he can go to nine. He can go to nine with the hodgepodge emissary as well. <laughs> that <Yep>. seems silly. <laughs> that is that is silly. You're right, but that is a thing that they do. <laughs> I've done it. I've seen. A... Sorry, go ahead, Dixon. No, no. I've seen like I learned it by watching Radic. So I'm not gonna like, say it was like what it was me, but like I, I watched Radic and Angel do it. And I was like, I'm gonna copy that shit. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, what's the uh, not so good one there, Dixon? Ooh, this is hard. Uh, I will say Vix on this one because you need to be alive, and Taylor can only do so much. So Taylor, you can take Taylor and Barbaros, but they're beaters. They're not necessarily like. Mo mobile units so you have three beaters between vix to uh taylor and and barbaros right and that's like your best setup for this mission and then you're just trying to like survive by holding on uh i don't think that's good enough and that's that's why i would pick vix as the worst one all right so i i can see that because once again it's predictable where you're going to be so yeah. they can kind of just wait for you to get there yeah uh what about you liam what are two that you like into covert ops all right uh, so my top two for Covert are Tara and Jackdaw. Oh, um, interesting. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So I've got, uh, big reasons. So Tara, I think, is a relatively self-explanatory one. Um, Iona's kind of just has to exist in your deployment zone on this one. All he has to do is machine get out, like, four pass tokens for you each turn, and then you're going to get to have five back-to-back -to, -back to activations at the end of each round to just run your summons in to engage all of their possible scoring models. Or bury them. Run, or bury them. And just, like, have your... I mean, but once they're engaged, it's sort of irrelevant from, sure. from scoring from a scoring perspective and uh all um and and you know run your one scoring model into engage and that's 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 it um so turn after turn you're just using summons to make their life hard you don't even really need to hold those points like they can kill the summons you don't care you're not losing cursed uh, claim tokens yeah. and uh you can just make more and uh yeah um i i think tara's excellent on this and if your opponent's not prepared like T tara can play covert the way some crews play cursed where they try to just avoid the engagement and only commit at like opportune moments 
Yeah. Um, like, you can play this game of covert where despite the game mandating that you stand on these four points, you only ever need to be there when your opponent can't do anything about it. And then okay. there's pretty limited options for them to retaliate when they do finally get to activate. I really like it. Um, now, Jackdaw... Unless anyone has anything they want to say on that front, no? <laughs> I mean, okay, he, cool. He, he likes to he likes to fight. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, with the, I, neither of them are things that I would prefer. But if you could play them well, hey, more power to uh, you. It, it just feels so good playing playing time. I mean, I like Kara, the idea like with it's, Kara, it's, By the way, that was a interesting point that I didn't even think about. It's like, oh yeah, summon models can still engage. Um, and, well, so the Jackdaw thing is 90% just Jackdaw and Sold specifically. And even more specifically, it's Jackdaw and Sold's bonus action. Um, yeah. Is it like Cursed Dreams or something? Um, it's which about is moving eight, your models. I remember, I mean, moving eight, tormented models. Inch, yes, 8-inch pulse moves all tormented models 2 inches. Which can be uh, so your that's, opponent. <laughs> that's, yes, that is an unresisted action, and it moves all of your models. as 8-inch pulse. It's big. Like if you're, It's one of those ones where you're comfortably controlling the middle two markers with this. Uh, even on diagonals, I think, but I may need to double-check the measurements on that one. No, but, diagonals is like il uh, 10, 11 inches, unfortunately. Uh, no, it's the same, isn't it? It's always 4 inches off the center point. Yeah. No, you talk about like the placement, but I'm talking about the area to be able to cover all three points, all four. Yes, so you're 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 eight inches aside, right? So you're a right. seventeen inch wide. Yeah, but outside of the points, you need like I think it's like two and a half inches more. So it's about eleven inches. Right, and you yeah, cover yeah. seventeen. Am I right on that front? If you're standing roughly central. Um, yeah, because he only covers eight inches, so that's what I'm saying. It's like unquiet soul, him. Yeah, but, but anyway, it's 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 from the right eight side to the left side because it's a pulse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so it's this giant circle about seven with a 17-inch diameter. So, um, yeah, um, cursed yeah, with cursed dreams, and so you're moving your entire crew two inches, and depending on how many upgrades you have out, you're probably moving somewhere between two and four enemy models. Right. Um, if it's towards the end of Jackdaw's activation, hopefully you've put out a few of his upgrades, so you're hopefully on the higher end of that spectrum. But basically, you can really reshape... So like, you just suddenly reshape the entire like battlefield on that bonus action um, and how what scoring looks like. Like You sort yeah. of clump up all your opponents, engage them with one of yours. Whatever model you want to score with is now out of engagement, and there's no resist flips at any point with it. I, I mean, there's resist flips on determining whether or not they get the upgrades in the first Yeah, place, that's, but, that's like a super um, huge good scatter. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, it's really game altering, and I and plus um, the other thing he's got is on his front of his card is uh, beckon to betrayal, where anytime um, his tormentor models draw cards, they can reveal them to move two inches. So you always have this ability to like shuffle back out of combat after committing to do damage. So you can play a bit looser with your scoring models and like throw them into fights and then have them back out. Uh, afterwards without like locking themselves yeah. into an engaged position where they might not be able to score without some other intervention. Well, and, um, and if you're like me, sometimes you forget which three you picked to like score, and then kind of at the end of the turn, you're like, oh, I forgot. I need uh, that model to score. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, 
Well, yeah, and, and other than that, it's just Jack Door, right? Like, yeah. you've, you've brought a solid crew, you're good at brawling, you're going to be... Like, this game mode just wants you to stand on these four points, and you're kind of built to do that. Um, with the added bonus of Jack Door 2 specifically really punishing anything that bubbles, um, putting all these hazardous auras in play that just make that center field just a really toxic place to be. And, um, yeah, I just think he's... So what what's the outcast crew that you don't play as much in Covert? Uh I, I agree with Dixon. It's the Dix. Um I, I again I don't think they're too bad. There's like you can you can do like a weak version of what Tara does where you try to hang back and you only commit towards the end of the turn. But because you don't have those summons, you're usually giving up points um while you're trying to try to score them. And um yeah, uh they're, okay. they're not they're not awful, but I don't think they're really built for it the way um, pretty much all the other Outcast keywords are. <laughs> and this is why I love Outcast because I'm looking at you know Covert and I'm just like, you know, the two that I would drop into Covert is probably Parker, Dead Man Walking, and then also just Levy because Levy likes kind of standing around. No, and, I love it. And and I just I. I, well, I don't think that any of those are really bad answers. I just think, because Parker, Dead Man Walking specifically, I don't like Parker 1 as much. Just I've, It's never been a play style that I was crazy about, but Dead Man Walking, there's specifically like the lasso is super good. So you can just like pull people off of points and you can push your models to certain points. And since you know where your opponent's going to be, dropping those schemes and creating those like crazy rat bomb situations with like Benny just becomes ridiculous. I mean, Liam, you were sharing with us where you were in an event and you just, you know, 10 damage just nuked the Val Victorian and other models. So that seems fun. Yep. <laughs> yep, no, no. Um, like, yeah, it's like what I said at the start, there's some, some strategies where like the entire faction is so perfectly viable on, um, uh, on them and Covert's really one of them. I yeah. like. I mean, I feel like the Vix tra- trail the others by a little bit, but of everybody else, I'd I'd, I'd play any of them. Depends on them. Yeah, and so, I'm not going to so much go, of the I'm time. Go the choice into... just comes down to schemes. Exactly, and I, I mean, I I'm not the kind of biggest levy player, but just the fact that you can just sit and fight is just just really good. Uh, the one that I probably wouldn't play into it. Honestly, I probably just wouldn't play Teary. That's just because she's kind of new. Um, oh. It's not because it's not because she's bad into it. It's just I think as an Outcast player, I wouldn't play her just because I don't have reps with her, and she does kind of some things. But I think once you have reps, she'd be perfectly fine. Mine's just I don't have games with her, so I wouldn't pick her. Well, you're gonna get shocked by my guard to stash pick. Okay, well, what's your what's your guard to stash pick then? <laughs> I mean, it's Teary. Yeah, like, I'm not like, shocked. I'm just saying I wouldn't play her because I don't have the reps. No, in, in guard to sash, I love I love Thierry for multiple reasons. Mostly because do you have so many movement tricks or so many things that punish people for grouping up? Like uh, if you're playing architect, this is an example. You can bury people. Uh, you can multiple times try to bury the same model with Tyrant's cage. Uh, you can make it so that nobody can fly into the markers in the center. Uh, and you have a model that's like so ridiculously fast because you can slingshot it regardless of if you're picking Nomad or if you're picking uh, the Architect. Uh, Ket. Ket is the model. He's just nuts. Like, he's super fast, and you can toss him as well. So, yeah, 
that's that's why I got the stash. You have toss, you have movement shenanigans, you have multiple bombs and multiple moves that move your opponents. Uh, clearly, don't play it against Guild or uh, Neverborn if you're playing Sorida. That's it. That's literally the only stipulation to tier, in my opinion. Uh, the okay. other pick is Freakor for literally all the reasons that we said. They are just tank Good supreme. Yeah. They just survived the apocalypse, really. Well, and for the <laughs> for guard to stash with the far markers in your enemy's deployment area or near their deployment area, you can depending leave. on who it is. <laughs> yeah, you can just be like, "Cool, here's some boots, bro. Go jump on it." Go yeah, on. hey you, uh, what's the Hannah? Hannah Lovelace. Here you go. Get some boots and start flying across the screen. And the other yeah. thing worth noting with the uh, Von Schill, who incidentally is one of my picks as well. Um, uh, is Arik's uh, and charge fists um, like on the off chance that Arik or Hannah don't just kill whatever they go into? They also shove that model two inches, yeah. so they they're pretty good for just make saying like live or die. You're still not going to be contesting this point. Yeah. I'm going to punch I mean, you they, off the objective. They can. They have to be with a certain range. Blah blah blah. Because I, I have to say this because like a whole bunch of people are like, but they have to be within six inches of each other or a certain range, and I'm like. Yeah, why yeah, wouldn't they, you I, be? I've never not had other. that really. <laughs> no, say, if, if you're worth anything, it's like you're going to set that up. Yes, and even if your opponent jacks it up, you can just be like, "Cool, here's some boots. Get back to where you're supposed to be. Get back in I the mean, fight." We're we're all aware that uh, Shill One has the ability to functionally obey leaps, yeah. right? Like yep. he he can move models. Like eight inches plus base size yep. for or a single AP in his well. activation. I, I like, have to like say this again because everybody's gonna point it out. It's only minions, herpeder. I'm like, eh. it's not only minions. Really? Only minions get the no. positive from yes. memory. It's like the. It's actually all models get the uh, can take the action. Yeah, yeah. Give them good. hell. Target takes an action. If the target is a minion, you get a positive. It gets a positive. See, I mentioned it earlier. It's like I don't really play one, but I definitely should. This is one of those things that I should be learning about. I, yeah. I agree with you, Dixon. I like the Ironheart version a lot. But once I started playing one, I was like, okay, there's a lot of functionality here that <laughs> is definitely really good. <laughs> um, and one is also another one of those models with his um pull trigger on his melee attack. He just yeets people off objectives like you wouldn't believe. Um, yep. Yep. He's he's phenomenal for it. And, and he doesn't die. Like, he's... <laughs> just funny such enough, a brick. I'm looking at his card right now, and I think he technically hits harder than the second version if he were to like put a whole bunch of resources in his punch. Uh, well, almost certainly if you've thrown down enough hazardous terrain as well for, yeah. Um, yeah. for the pull trigger. Yeah, I mean, four, four, five, seven's not anything to sneeze at. Correct. And for, <laughs> it, it's I mean, one of the it's weirdest no it, but it's good. Yeah, it's not like the first one. The first, I mean, the, the second one. Ironheart just hits for six. He's just like, mm, okay. <laughs> I, I understand why Ironheart isn't armor two, but every time I look at Von Schill, just like one, just being empirically tankier on every front, yeah. I do wish Ironheart was armor two. Yeah, I, I don't think it would be okay, though, because the thing is, uh, uh, Ironheart just puts so much shielded around him, including yeah. himself. No, like I said, I get why he isn't. I yeah. I, I understand, but uh, <laughs> losing survivalists, uh, a defense, a willpower. Yeah. What's your... Uh, what, did you say your second pick already? Uh, I haven't. Look, Guard the Stash is the hardest one for me to pick. I would happily play pretty much everybody but my bad pick for it. Um, 
I probably, like, I don't know. I feel like Parker is who I kind of, like, lean towards a little bit. It depends on the scheme pool. Um, obviously, I want there to be some scheme markers for that. But I just like the fact that Bandit models, um, like, the specifically it's going to be the Dead Man Walking uh, version playing um, the with, with Benny and Mad Dog and Pearl and that list is pretty durable and it can push it puts out enough damage to punch through and start and has life of crime for when you need to like um just run a model three times to get to an enemy um objective and uh i just really like the fact as well that um run and gun and guns mean that you can be maintaining control of a point and still be contributing to the rest of the fight um even well, if, not like, to mention, it's like if you're playing Dead Man Walking and you're like in the middle of the board, you can pretty much shoot anything you want with his action rifle. That is and disgusting. Dixon, you, you can blame Liam, Dixon. You can blame Liam for me sniping out models just turn one with Parker with that action rifle because Liam's like, yeah, if you have the hot cards, you can just like one shot minions. And I was like, so now whenever I play Dixon with Dead Man Walk, I'm like, where's the minion I can kill? <laughs> yeah, that is. I think you also killed Gracie. Yeah, you killed Gracie, you monster. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, this thing ignores hard to kill and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, please don't. <laughs> please don't. And, and, and just like on top of all that, the Dead Man Walking's also packing the. Um, uh, what you call it? The lasso for yeah. just for when you can't kill a model, but you still need it off an objective. And even Mad Dog has a trigger to just push people back. So you've got you got you got a good number of tools. I, just, um, I, I do have to, I do have to mention as well. If you are interested in Dead Man Walking specifically, Liam came on like a year ago or so, and we had a great conversation about how that crew works. So if that interests you, check that episode out because yeah. it's super good. It's deep. It is so deep. Anyway, but uh, I want to point out something funny. Broken Man's Lasso uh, is basically a poor man's version of Heavy Salvo, and Heavy Salvo came after. What the crap? Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> Oh, no, no, you're not the only one. I'm just like, I want to point it out because everybody in the mud is like, why the hell? Liam felt slighted. Yeah, it's like two more inches, does damage, goes through and everything. And moves through terrain. It's uh, like, it's, what the uh, fuck, yeah. guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's very annoying. Uh, hopefully they fix that. And the, um, but look, I, like, I'm, I'm. I'm probably a bit biased when it comes to Parker, and I'm certainly wouldn't disagree if someone felt that they thought Leviticus or um, Terry or something was a better better pick over Parker on that front. Um, but I, I just don't think you can really go wrong on guard with an outcast master, with the sole exception of my bad pick, which is the Vix. They just don't oh. want to have to sit and hold ground. Uh, true. Like Bore this I, man. <laughs> I I <laughs> I I like yeah that I like on covert I pick the Vic, I pick the Vix oh, and I'm like I can still sort of see the way you play it but on guard it's just completely antithetical to the way the Vix want to approach the game that that they've got not only got to like go to a set point on the map and stand there but then they have to keep standing there turn after turn and not die and yeah. that's 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 just not what they're built to do. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I literally said the same thing. It's just, you know, 
I, I feel bad saying it because I love the Vic so much, but like this is not their mission. This oh, is I, just I, not- I agree. I, yeah, like I, 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 I think the Vicks are a pretty cool crew. The Vicks yep. were my very first crew. Um, I, mean, I played one. Having- I, I played one game with them and then switched to Hamlin. But oh, like, <laughs> yeah. no, I've been playing since like M1E, so like they were one of my main three. I was uh, Hamlin, Vicks, and Leviticus. And I'm telling you right now, it's just like it's so hard for me to see them like go from m1e you know premiere status to like what the f- happened <laughs> uh, i like i still think they're good like like i, I mean it's, it's this that thing like about like BT. all the outcast masters are in a pretty tight band um yeah uh, everybody's in, in, in b and a and yeah the vickies are solidly in the b and they used to be double s plus okay <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Liam, have you have you been playing uh, Malifaux for a while? No, I started in M3, so I've been. Uh, it was like I played one game and then we locked down for COVID, um, so the, and then and that was in, that was that was in large part what ended up with me playing Hamlin because I played one game of the Vix uh-huh. and then all I could do was think about Malifaux for a couple of months, and so <laughs> I sat there and I worked out how to optimize Benny summoning strats for like okay. six weeks without actually getting to play a game with it. <laughs> so that, is, that is rough. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> but, yeah. okay, so, like, to, to get it out of the way real quick, Vix went from uh, stat 7 plus flip to uh, stat 7 single flip, but they ignore now all defenses. Oh, I'm sorry. Stat 7 plus flip, and they get to attack Onslaught forever, but they have to have an additional target. So it's like attack another, but you can just keep... Because you, <laughs> you could do triggers on triggers. <laughs> yeah. And then they went down from not second edition where they literally just ignore all the fences. Like, oh, you have hard to wound. Like hard precise, to kill. yeah. Yeah, literally. They had like precise and there were stat seven. And now to this. So like you look yeah. at them before and you look at them now. And if you were a fan of the Vicks, you just go. It's like Icarus, man. They flew too close to the they sun. They flew too close. They burned at the sun. They like were sunbathing. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, I, I honestly, with my picks for guard the stash, it does change a lot. And yeah. I, I don't think I often pick the same master because it is one of those things where it's like, oh, I could play this or this or this. Yeah. Uh, but I will say I'll break it down into kind of diagonal versus horizontal uh so the one master i always pick into guard if it's diagonal whether it's a uh, flank or corner is i pick i pick zip into it it's just it's it's one of those ones where it's like okay it's corner okay it's flank it's guard i can get to the points quicker than you can and i can dictate that quicker than you can uh and i have concealment and up we go and all that stuff that's good so zip's just a good one into that he's solid he's never going to do you wrong uh my other one though I honestly, I think I probably if it's or if it's just regular deployment, whether that's standard or wedge, I usually went with Parker as well. Uh, once I kind of saw the light with Dead Man Walking, uh, you have running gun all over the place, and you can just move stuff with the lasso. You're going to be in points, so you can ping with your scheme markers coming down with Parker. Um, it was just really good. So, hmm. and then I'm not going to talk on it more, but yeah, looking at the VIX, uh, it's rough. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> just squishy stuff standing in places they don't want to be. I'm sorry. I, I, and the funny thing is I could see a world where I try to play them in guard, mm-hmm. but you almost got to play like on the edges of the board and right. you want to try to get behind models so you can score in their backfield. 
I don't think they want to be in the center of the board because that's where all the bad stuff's going to happen. Yeah. So that, that's why it sucks to play them vertical. You have to play them horizontal. Yeah. yeah vertical is just like when you're playing vertical, you only have like three in the center. You mean diagonal, right? Sorry, diagonal. I apologize. Yeah. No, you play diagonal, like you only have one in the back, and it just it makes it so you have less choices or, or of movement because that's all they can do. They literally move fast and have a lot of action economy. That's yep. it. Mm-hmm. The damage is kind of meh. Surprising to say, because like you think that the Vicks would hit like freight trains, they don't. They really they yeah. hit like three, four, five. Which kind of brings us into the last strategy, right? Because I think the Vicks could do good into carve carve path. We'll see if anybody picks her, but uh, we'll actually start with. I'll go. I'll go with Liam on this one. Starting off, who you like into carve? Uh, so I think the two top picks for carve are Zip and Hamlin. Um, Ooh, Hamlin. I nice. think yes. That's so serious. so I. I'm going to dig into that in a second, but Zip, I think, is the more obvious one. Um, Zip, oh, yeah. punish, like, Zip punishes interacts, so he's really good to just sort of sit in the middle of wherever the markers are being pushed uh, with chatty and boring conversation up. Um, even though carve markers remove pianos, it's still possible to place your pianos so that your opponent can't get to the marker to interact with in the first place, uh, particularly since you displace them with Up We Go and then you drop pianos between them and their markers and... Well, not only that, I think, I think sometimes zip players get too much into the piano game. There's some games where I only put one or two pianos out. So, yes, just certainly. just because but, they do remove it, you're not going to lose the game just based off of that. But if you play it correctly, though, like there's often going to be a situation where you spend one action dropping pianos, and it's going to cost them like three actions to then yeah. get to their marker For afterwards sure. because they have to walk up to the piano, remove the piano, and then walk up to the marker, and now they can start interacting again. You're talking and... if you put the piano in between him and the marker. Yep. Yes. Yes. Okay. And if you get, you get like a good wall of them going so that they can't go around the sides. Um. Yeah. It's. Or terrain helps you, or and you have a choke point. Like it's just a very good tool, even in a strategy that removes the markers. Most of all, like it's that chatty aura that just really mucks things up because yeah. uh, carve. Like how how many times in carve do you have a situation where you're like, okay, I want to interact twice. All this model's going to do is just double interact and it's going to move my enemy marker and my marker or it's going to move my marker twice or something and you do that once with zip and now you're already starting to go oh i'm my my hand's vanishing i need to use the severes to to actually do stuff and now i've got maybe one more interact i get to do this turn before i physically am not allowed to do it anymore uh on top of that you've got skeeters and earl interestingly enough who are both um that perfect sort of model that gets to interact move and interact again and just shove those markers really well and each time you move earl's hopping a ride with you know get your hands off me so that's always good yep yep um pu- yeah a skeeter with earl just ports a um marker down the table faster than you'd believe and uh yeah um then you got the first mate as well also capable of doing that you yep. you just a spoil for choice with zip on mm. this strategy yeah so so break down this hamlin option that seems interesting so the, a big part of the hamlin one is uh the fact that he is the own like there are perishingly few ways to mess with interact actions on 
uh, covert operations, and Nyx is one of them, uh, with his loose battles bonus action, where you can, um, when a, someone tries to take an interaction action within six inches of Nyx, you can remove a blight off them, and the action fails. And there's oh. only like him, uh, Beckoners, I think, and Lynch, and stuff like Chatty Auras. There's uh, the only things that really just like deny um, covert. Um, now the flip side is that he doesn't really pack any of those models like Skeeters that can realistically double act, uh, double interact a marker down the table quickly. But what you kind of end up doing is you bring a very high number count um, crew. Uh, like you might, um, and you're doing most of your fighting with summons, but you have so many individual models all capable of like walking and interacting to the move of the marker um, that you do like have the ability to move the marker over the course of a turn as quickly as Nyx. Now, over the course of a turn isn't as quick... Uh, sorry, as quickly as Zip. Uh, now, over the course of a turn isn't as good as what Zip does, um, for the pretty obvious reason that uh, your opponent has the chance to, like, mess with you and screw with the uh, order of your operations, but Nyx preventing them from doing that um, and preventing them from moving their own markers is uh, just a really strong tool. Nyx is a jackass, is what it is. It's what I'm hearing. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, I love the model. I'm, I'm saying it as a joke because Nyx has saved my bacon way too many times. He is the best boy in all of Malifaux. Yeah, he I could have sworn she, like, it was a she, and she had, like, instead of puppies, she had rats. <laughs> I, it's been a long time since I read I... the lore feel like in my three outcast three book it does say um use male pronouns for nicks but that's uh, okay i mean again it's been they could change that I've read it oh no no it's been forever since i've read it i just i remember it being as a, i think it probably was a joke from one of my friends saying it it's like it's nicks is a girl because she's uh, having uh instead of puppies you know rats yep i don't that's know nice. i i like so okay it. so those are hot takes yeah. <laughs> it's like my picks are very simplified. So what's your negative, though? What's your negative? Oh, okay. So this was probably going to be very co a bit controversial, but I am going to say the Victorias again. I don't that even is... think that, that they're that bad on it, but they're this a bit... Like their best. <laughs> but it's just a bit janky. Like, most hmm. of their movement... Like, like, they're a fast crew, so they're good at pushing markers, but okay. their movement kind of happens at the wrong time for Carve. Hmm. Like, the fact that Ronan moved, f like, five inches before they've even activated okay. sometimes helps you, like, catch up to a marker and then interact, but it never really lets you get into that situation where you get to push a marker its full distance, catch up to it, and push the marker again. Uh -oh. um, you can mm. do that by having the student conflict use covetous cravings, and, again, I want to, like, cat or just have a zip, um, a Vic babysit a marker down the table and i do want to like be clear that i don't even think the vicks are bad at this strategy um they can definitely move markers around um but the uh it's just a, like a bit inefficient in terms of when their movement comes out for like maximizing the distance you can move your markers right and uh 
there's also the fact that a lot if you and your opponent end up taking the same routes down the table like if terrain forces you into a situation where you kind of have to go through the opponent's crew to keep pushing your marker i mean um the I vix, the vix uh i mean it could be the way i set up tables just Okay, way too much terrain, but the... <laughs> it doesn't sound like you like playing them. I, I that the game I, that I was telling you no, about where I, I won against Pete, uh, that story was actually we were playing Carve, and he was trying out Lady J two in Carve, and I was like, well, right, I'm gonna play the Vickies because I've been itching to play them, and I'm playing Outcast this month, and. Yeah, it was just like, all right, move three inches, move two inches because of battle thingy, uh, move the thingy, the the the, the strategy marker through your coffin markers through the forest. Uh, Kenshiro, grab it now because you ignore terrain. Like it's, I don't know, I felt in the game the entire time, and he he stole one of my freaking strategy markers, and I still won that game. It's. Uh, it's one of those things where, like I was saying before, I don't really think there's a bad pick for Outcast on this strategy. I just don't like... No, no, I, I th just... think the uh, <laughs> Vix are particularly optimized for it. Right. And I think a lot of the movement tricks that exist in other keywords. Like, for example, Leviticus isn't exactly a keyword built to scheme a marker down the table. Right. But a Scavenger is still better than a Ronin, I think, at mm. running a marker... Because if they can, like, if they've got their um, mask for their, like, bonus action, they can, they, they have a better push, and it's at the right time in their activation for them I mean, to interact, move, interact. One is moving or, uh, five with a, tr I mean, one is moving four with a trigger, and the other one's moving five. So that's why I can't agree. Again, it's just, but, but, it's just probably but your five how inches, play are different. Your five inches is happening at the start of your activation. Yeah. So yeah. you you never get to interact, move, interact. It, it's always move, interact, and then move. Oh, uh, I, so you're I mean, not I, really I mean, double moving the marker in that same like explosive way that I, other like leap models get to do. Yeah, but I hear, um, I hear what you're saying, but you're saying it as if you're planning it differently. You're planning it as in you start your activation next to the marker. Whereas I'm planning it as like, I can just slingshot it away from me and I will be there by the beginning of the next turn. Yes, and, and like it's that's good, and that is useful, and I'm not right. disagreeing that that's the thing in the Vic's favor, uh, but it is stronger to be ending your turn near right. a marker as much as possible because you sort of retain that sort of like control. It's easier to kidnap a marker if it's like always six inches in front of you. True. Um, so I, I sort of look for, um, which isn't like, uh, so it's, yeah, like, I, I don't think the Victorias are bad at yeah. Carver Path. I, think I just it's... prefer pretty much everyone else in Outcasts over <laughs> them. Well, it's okay. I mean, but... All right, well, or, sorry, the Vicks, your bad pick? Yeah. Yeah. So you think they're even worse than, like, Jackdaw? Uh, That's my bad yes, pick. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> There's only so, so many actions that are not killing people. Well, so Jackdaw, though, is the... Uh, so... Like, carve games can get into this situation where you're both trying to, like, push the same markers through the same spot. And mm -hmm. I'd, I'd rather be playing Jackdaw in that situation than I would Vix. Um, like, if you're the Jackdaw player and you are up against something mobile like the Vix, you still get to, like, 
have a modicum of understanding over where their markers are going down and you can actively force that sort of engagement by pushing your markers towards them so that the resulting fight happens like where the markers are colliding mm. and uh, the Vicks don't necessarily have a recourse if that ends up happening beyond just trying to run faster than the opponent but I uh, like, I, like I was saying earlier the way their movement works doesn't necessarily enable them to shove the markers faster than like even a door crew could because yeah, door, like, door still has they push it and then you know beginning of the turn they do their on the move there or we go. Grab, <laughs> and then they just push it in so you might not push it as far so maybe instead of pushing it six you're pushing it five right but still you can you can manipulate it where it's like okay i'm gonna push it you know four or five i'm gonna be there at the beginning of next turn yes and then i can you know push it again and, and then yeah. whatever and, right? and so, and that's... In, like in my example when i was playing against uh like the thing that i was talking about with pete i didn't push it ahead because i played against pete enough times that if i push it ahead i know i'm never gonna see that thing again <laughs> i pushed it sideways I was like, okay, his models are in this area. They can move this fast. I'm going to push it to that side. And I'm going to go around the terrain and then keep pushing it in that direction. And still, Pete was like, Loiza, do the thing, move, grab it, and slingshot into the crew. I was like, there's only so much I can do about this one. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing Jack Daw does have going for him on this one is you have the option for like emergency interacts from Montresor just being able to obey people so you've got decent yeah. bit of flexibility in how you do it the vix being the bad pick as i was um telling dixon isn't because i think they're bad at the strategy i just yeah don't i just prefer usually to be playing any of the other outcast masters because yeah. uh uh for those like head-to-head -head confrontations and yeah. so many so many I mean, outcast masters Liam, have a you model. can just say that you hate the victorias because that's all i'm hearing yeah that's what it sounds like dude like, <laughs> <laughs> i mean my picks my picks just to like simplify it and get it out of the way are victorias and zip two specifically because zip two just bypasses all the good stuff and then uh, people constantly get shocked by the fact that he can make people interact whenever you're drawing <laughs> When you're drawing cards, so you like. Uh, it's not when drawing cards. It's a uh, damaging. It's when you do damage. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. You're right. You're right. It is when he damages. Uh, but anyway, when he damages specifically, I gotta remember that's when he damages specifically. But still, it gets yeah. a surprise thing. Uh, well, they also get surprised because if you bring the title, they're like, "Oh, I forgot Zip can actually interact now." <laughs> that's another thing, because like you've been playing against Zip for so long that you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do sort of still prefer Zip 1 for the chatty aura because there sure. are so few ways to actually deny uh, interacting in yeah. Carver Path. And he's one of those, like, two options for outcasts because it's him and Hamlin. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Hamlin, much better at it, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, and, and look, the, the way Hamlin plays is kind of the way you describe the the Vix playing, where you like you shove your markers into positions where you know a model can then like move up to it and interact with it yeah. later. Mine um, is so so Hamlin so like it's not like too. I'm not sympathetic to that approach on Carver Path. Yeah, I uh, I mean Hamlin too, in my opinion, did it better because I can obey a model into moving into position or to you know oh. interact it. I, I, I'm a bit shaky on playing Hamlin 2 on a strategy where the markers are concealing. Um, right. You have to, there's a lot of positioning things, which is the reason why he's not my, my pick. Like, he is my my negative pick 
uh, even Jack Daw, in my opinion, would be a little bit better. Uh, and not Hamlin two, but Hamlin one, in my opinion. I I I would play uh, like I when I say Hamlin, I usually mean I'm talking about Hamlin one. Uh. So I, I I generally play Hamlin one for Carver Path. Um, wow. It because uh, it's that. Well, he he he's that list where you just go like, my most expensive model is cost eight. Most of my uh, hires are seven, six, five. Okay. I just have a lot of models like, uh, that can just interact. Like a oh. Catalan rifle, like a Catalan rifleman, for example, is better than a Ronin at moving a marker because it has, uh, like. It has that option to um, interact as a bonus action, so it's got 10 inches of movement and then an interact, or it can interact, move, interact, or it can move, interact, move. Like it's... you just described a Ronin. No, but the Ronin, <laughs> except that the what the Ronin can't do is that interact, move, interact. That okay, yeah, <laughs> you're not, you don't count the on the move and battle uh, no, thing. No. Yeah, it just seems like you don't count it. I, I mean, I, no, I do count it, but the problem is that it, like, it doesn't matter if you're already on the marker. Okay. If you aren't already on the marker, then you're still only moving the marker once. And in either situation, like, if the, if the Ronin is interacting twice, she's only moving five inches that turn. Uh, if the Catalan Rifleman is interacting twice, he's still only moving five inches that turn. He's exactly as fast as a Ronin for exactly the same number of interacts, but he's more flexible about when those interacts happen. Yeah, I was going to um, say, it sounds like the problem that you're kind of having is like, you're kind of setting up and it almost telegraphs where the Ronin's going to be. And that can be problematic if your opponent reads it correctly, which it's easy to read, obviously. But... Yeah, and the Vicks don't want to be telegraphing where they have to be because then your opponent's there waiting for you and you don't ever want that, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the... I was just going to say, yeah, so kind of kind of, also adding my two cents since you guys kind of been uh, going back and forth for a minute is, <laughs> I, I agree with yep. Zip. I'm not going to add any more to that. Um, if you want to play more Denial, you can bring Zip 1. If you want to get your uh, strat markers in your opponent's deployment zone, you can do that really with Zip 2 or the original version pretty much too. But Zip 2 just makes it even crazier with how fast you can get those strat markers out. Uh, the other one that I actually like into Carve is actually, I like Terra into it. Uh, just because Terra 1, with some help with some, you know, either a minion or another random model, just can do the strat. And then you can send a nice little, like, roadblock of, like, Talos and Nothing Beast into your opponent and just be like, cool, I'm going to slow you down and try to make this miserable for you while I go score points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, Tara's very good at it. Yep. And then the one I wouldn't pick, though, I just wouldn't pick Jackdaw. I just, there's a <laughs> lot of situations where it's like, unless you play that game where it's like, oh, you're moving your markers that way, I'm going to move mine also that way and meet you in the middle. Yeah. I can I can see that being like a strategy that, that people can get behind. Um, I just, when I, if I see a dog crew like that, I'm going to use my actions to try and not make that happen and hopefully i'm faster than jackdaw <laughs> I, yeah. well I, I was about to say I, I i do i think part of my view on jackdaw is also that my preferred jackdaw is jackdaw 2 
Yeah. And Jackdaw 2 sort of changes the assumptions because his bonus action means your entire crew is moving an extra two inches every turn, just yeah. pretty much. And then his Drawn to Betrayal means that your models are often moving an extra two inches at the end of their turn as well. So his crew's more mobile. I, I'm used to playing a Jackdaw crew that plays a lot faster than I think most people are used to thinking of The Jackdaw. traditional, like, Jackdaw yeah. long list. Um, that is so damn fast. I love that model so much. And, of course, Jackdaw himself is a three-action, six-inch move model who sometimes gets triggers on his melee attack for an extra five inches of movement. So if you need a model to just, like, shove a marker a couple of times, he he can often get there, he can often You can attack your own models to get the trigger, if I remember correctly. Probably. Yeah, um, it's, like, it's like charge, hit, uh, pull five inches. Yep, yep burst of speed. Any, doesn't have any targeting restrictions. It's so good. So... Um, yeah, I, uh, and, and I'm, look, I'm glad that we do disagree on this, because I think it, what it's really demonstrating is just how little difference there is in the, uh, in the Outcast Master Options. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, we, we disagree if, on which one is better for, like, the reasons are different, and it's all three of us different players. I, yeah. I will sacrifice my pieces if it means I win. It doesn't matter. Like literally, I will just yeah, break but that's, down if I'm. That's going the to beauty it. of Outcast is that a lot of the masters are very close in like utility, right? And then not only that, but then depending on your play style, yep. you can make a lot of these masters work in situations like in other in other factions. You there's masters where you're like, there's no way I can bring this yes. into this pool. Yes, you don't have that a lot now, Cass. So, so that's what I was gonna point out. I was pointing out it like, okay, if this was Magic, I'm the red black player. Pete is like the green white player, and you're probably like blue black player. That's interesting. Yeah, no, because like if you, if you look at what we've said and how we've picked our masters. We like certain combinations. Like I was trying to, I was like, I'm sacrificial. I will like go head first. As Liam's as definitely a blue player. Right. Liam is like combination of abilities to get ahead in the game. And you're more like, I'm big. I'm strong. I live. <laughs> he, he is, I'm big. I'm strong. I live. Hmm. It's true. Like yeah. literally all our play styles are basically that. And Outcast just, just gives I, it to you. I do also think a factor in it is that uh, GG3 strategies are all very similar in terms of what sort of, like, um, like approach that, um, that they're sort of designed for. And that approach is one that most outcast keywords want to do anyway. Like, yeah. like whatever you're playing, like, it, it, uh, it be Carve or Cursed or Covert or Guard... You're often going to have a scrap on the center line, and we are like, if I, so, like the Outcast episode the other week uh, talked about how, sorry, not Outcast, the Arcanist episode the other week talked about how Arcanists are like pretty much like the premier faction of existing at a point. Yeah. And I feel like Outcasts are like pretty much like one of the premier factions at killing something that's on a point Murder. so which is kind of like... to say because I, I don't i don't think it is i think i think never one is better at killing but they're not as good as surviving i mean Neverborn don't have a nine damage punch like you're right on raw damage but never one does have the take seven because of the attack, take one because I move through you, take another one because of this random aura that's right next to you. 
Yeah. Like Neverborn um, will do like multiple forms of get fucked. <laughs> Outcasts also happen to have the my min for irreducible damage that. or the um yes. uh like take eight damage from bleeding disease and then another ten damage from swarm them or yes. like yes. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right on that. You also lose life for doing the first and I think you have to like do a whole bunch of resources for the other one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whereas, absolutely. Like, in Nevermore, I think we, it's just we, like we, we passive don't... abilities. <laughs> we we don't necessarily exist on the point as well as Arcanus Correct. might do, but we do remove the Arcanus off the point. I no, I a thousand percent agree. Like it, this is not a competition. It was like, oh, this one Kinda is just like strictly it. better than the other one. Oh, I'm I'm just like <laughs> mathematically, <laughs> mathematically raw damage. Frycore specifically has the highest damage in the game, and I really haven't been able to like bid you know bid that, but. Neverborn in general, they just have a multitude of ways to just like do multiple damage to a model where sometimes they don't even get to resist against it. So like there's a balancing fact in there, in my opinion. That being said, Outcast lives just period. Like they have better survival tools than most factions in the game, if not all factions. I think Guild and maybe Arcanist have slightly better, but they don't have the damage Outcast does. Am I wrong on that? I tend to think of us as being a bit like like we're not we're not tr easy to kill. We're right. not necessarily hard to kill. Like we don't have many armor two models. We don't have. Um... You got a buttload of shield that in healing though. Well, we do in shill. Most in of our crews for most of our crews for healing have to drop ten stones for a healer who is okay. on par with a low river monk. Bandits. Which, but bandits have no defensive rules at all. All hard they have is healing. <laughs> hard to kill. Hard to kill exists on Mad Dog Sue and Pearl, right? Right. And, and it's Parker to himself. 10, but... And if you survive one activation, what happens? They go right back to full. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But oh. they're, they're they're squishy. Like that that is a squishy keyword. <laughs> them them having a defensive rule doesn't I make hear, them tanky. I'm just <laughs> hearing excuses. Is what I'm hearing over here. Look, um, <laughs> what, what what? But Bandit, like Bandit. I think Parker 2's crew does like can take a bit of a beating um, by by any means, and then I bring a big cache, and my front line is all stone users, and I actually think that's a fairly big thing Outcasts have going for us. Where generally the models we want on the front line are also our henchmen. We our henchmen are yeah. very rarely support models. Yeah. They're usually like what the opponent has to fight through, which yeah. means that they don't tend to go down till we're out of stones, and we're also the faction with prospectors, also, so oh that can God. take a bit. Of I, I gotta point this out because it was funny. Like I remember looking at Eric and go, "Why the hell does he have eight health and he costs 10? And then I put him on the table. I was like, "This man needs to be seven health." <laughs> like, this is so. <laughs> I mean, I was exaggerating and joking, obviously, but like the fact that you look at his card and you go, "How does this guy survive?" And then you put him on the table and then he's like, "All right, never mind." Uh, this guy—he's really I, good. I, I find Eric to be a bit unreliable at times because he's a armor. Well, well, because he's. A model who lives off armor in a keyword where your opponent, like from the moment you declare Von Schill, yeah. your opponent knows every model they fight is going to have armor. Shoot. So if they have anti-armor in their faction, they're bringing it. And the best target to use anti-armor on is Arik because he's the two-armor guy. Yeah, um, I, I, like, I still bring Arik all the time because oh, like, the dude kills stuff and he buffs Hannah by existing and he brings gravity well and he's just a great model. Yeah. But um, yeah, He's he, worth he, his he, stones. He he can die easier than you might expect him to. I mean, no, um, I played against and... Keen a bunch of times. I have killed Eric, but it it takes a significant toll. Like sometimes I guess unless I get lucky. 
Yeah, and I, I do want to spend the last probably like five minutes or so here and just kind of the state of outcasts because outcasts are kind of interesting because I feel like they generally should play pretty high because I like a lot of the stuff they do. But a lot of times they kind of like, you'll see them place in tournaments and, you know, you see them win a couple of tournaments. But generally speaking, I don't see them finish too well a lot of times. So I'm kind of interested on kind of the state of Outcast and kind of how you guys think they're doing in GG3. Yeah, I mean, they're the second highest played because I, I just shared with you guys the Longshanks with uh, already the statistics for this year. And in, in Longshanks, second highest played with 777 games from January to now and a 50% win rate. So they're not, they're like, you know, like Thanos says, perfectly balanced as all they should be. Yeah, I, I think we've been that way for a pretty long time. Like, uh, like when Burns came out, we were one of the only factions that weren't like overwhelmingly majority playing titles. Yes. Our like original masters still had a look in, and when um, Manus came like out, we sorry, Barrows, uh, Parker. He's like the only yeah, exception yeah. where the title is being I, I, played more. And personally, like for myself, part of that was that they changed one to criminal, and the thing that the one thing that Parker one did well, which was like draw a shitload of cards and have all the, <laughs> generate a bunch of stones for you, and then be able to like use that. Like he he by himself was a resource engine that then let you create a crew that was powered by that resource engine. Yep. They they took that away from him, and now he doesn't really have a use case in my opinion because he's kind of like a damage dealer, but he's easily the worst damage dealer in a faction full of damage dealers. So, uh, a bit of a shame as well, because Pearl really helps him on a lot of fronts, and, like, with, like, Bandit Raid. Bandit Raid is so much better in a scenario where you have enemy ski markers behind your front line, so you can Bandit Raid Mad Dog out of melee and then shoot. It's, um, but, yeah. I have um, one quick question. I don't know if you ever played Bass. But, like, Peter and I had a discussion about this where we never actually got to find it. Uh, Pearl. Have you played mm -hmm. a, 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 with Bass or against Bass with Pearl in it? I have not. No. Because the thing is, I just wanted to make sure, just quickly, Pearl seemed to be working way better in Parker than she was working in Bass. We don't I know would... if that's just us or so, but it's fine. If you didn't play it, then... Well, I, I would believe it just on paper, because okay. the markers in Bass all come off the table at once at the end of the turn, so your opponent has the whole turn to kill the stuff that they want to kill, whereas with Pearl uh, in Parker, the markers are sort of coming off every activation okay. as you, you put them down and then they come back off, so the heal well, your model's health is constantly like, edging back up. Yeah, I also feel like that Bass's crew doesn't bunch up as much. Or survive as long. Yeah, so I, I feel like that's the big problem, too. Pretty it's cool. like, I, I don't want to be, like, all bubbled up with bass. I kind of want to be, you know, getting that, doing this, and burying, unburying the worm, so. Yeah, yeah. that's, like, the biggest strength is this this stupid worm. Oh, well, okay, the second, second and probably the last question. So look at the top three masters that there are for the faction. According to, to this, I'm not going to count here because she only has four games. Uh, the top three would be... Number one, Borrows two, Parker two, I mean. Uh, Leviticus one, with 80 games and a 56% win rate. That man has not been slowed down with his nerf. And then finally, on third place, Zip one, 
with 43 games and a 50% so, win rate. To be fair, are we sure that, you know, those 27 games just aren't Liam? Well, I, I mean, no, no, that's, I still like to like point it out just in general. Because I know. We, we I don't know have, how much Liam plays him in Australia. <laughs> well, we have talked about it in this podcast right now that titles are not like making or breaking anything. It's just like it's a good option and it's there, but it's the only one that's like being overplayed over the first one is is Parker. And you said the reason why. But yeah. what about, you know, the other two? One of them being nerfed because, like, he was nerfed so bad that people thought that he was unplayable. Leviticus. No, 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 the Leviticus nerf was it was a, maybe a slight decrease in power, but his melee attack going up to stat six. Uh, if you've just got a couple of stones in your pocket to pay for that trigger that they took off of him, he is still ex- he's now more reliable in a sense than he used to be. Like. He no longer has to punch uphill into defense six. So I there there are there are situations on the like and the change to um uh was it like channel or something? Yeah, that was absolutely channel got, enough. got changed to just but, give him but a the, focus. But there's like an aspect to him where against certain targets he actually became a more reliable killer. So <laughs> I'm uh like a- any situation where you just really need stat six, um yeah, Dane, and it's not like, stat six was actually a pretty big deal for him. And it's not like Leviticus I, two is not getting played because Leviticus two has thirty seven games and he has a fifty three percent win rate, so he's like very close to the first title. Yep, and, and like I, I think it continued even like when Madness came out, and again people overwhelmingly play their Madness ones. Terry like saw a bit of that, but I think it was the impact was lessened on Outcast more than like so. So even even what are we like? three, nearly four years in on M3E, yeah. our original masters from that very start are still almost, like, all. I, I There is not a bad master in there, uh, in my opinion. Uh, as much as I've ragged on the Vix and GG3, they're I, still I, solid. To, I, they're still solid, and to an extent, I just think it's that GG3 isn't their gaining grounds. If there was, like, a symbol, if symbols were still in the pool, or if there was, like, yeah, um, they were like, uh, like some other strategy. Five best in the game when, when symbols was under the. Yeah, yeah. And it bring, bring back strategies that just require you to really book it, and Vix are super playable. Um, I, and I think that. And they're still decent, I think, in a lot of these strategies where I've nominated them as my worst pick in faction. (laughs) So, so, um, yeah, it's. I I think we're just. We're a faction that has, like, incredible internal balance. You can kind of just go anywhere, find the play style that suits you, and just uh, go for it. Yeah, and I I do think that they're in a really solid spot. yeah, I just I, I think Outcast, and it is interesting looking at them because I think in a lot of other factions there are situations where it's like the title is significantly better than the original, and in Outcast I just don't think that's the case. Like even looking at the Victorias, like the title's cool, and you can set up some cool kind of alphas with it, and it might be a little more durable than the original, but it's still just like the originals are still very good and playable. Um, the, the the title Vix of this weird thing where when I'm playing the Vix, I always want to feel myself wanting to pick the uh, Vix 2 because the Vix 1s are so fragile, it's terrifying to play. But yeah. when I'm playing against the Vix, I always want my opponent to pick the Vix 2 because the Vix <laughs> 1 can delete something so quickly, it's terrifying, and I don't want to have to see them from across the table. Yes. <laughs> if they get the alpha, they still hit for top end of 6. 
So like, yeah, they yeah. have like well, three models you, you, like you, that. You could, you could. I mean, the the threat, like the maximum threat of Vix activating first is twelve attacks at stat seven. It's, yeah. <laughs> and then three. Like it's not, not, not. You know, like the as much as they've been nerfed since their glory days, that is still gonna remove most okay. things. <laughs> All right, well, Liam, is there anything else you want to share before we uh, roll up on out of here? Uh, yeah, I might give a quick shout-out to... Um, uh, we're running a two-day event in Brisbane, if anyone wants to make the trip all the way down here to Queensland, uh, Australia. So on the 14th and 15th of October, um, there's going to be uh, like our first uh, Queensland Grand Tournament of... Um, so we're going to try and make it a two-day event, hopefully get some of the Kiwis across the ditch uh, if, if we can. And anyone else that wants to play in it, just uh, feel free to reach out and I can share all the details. Would love to see you. All right. Well, that is cool. Anytime you throw a GT, that's always a good time. Um, mm -hmm. Is that just going to be like a, just purely a Mal big Malifo tournament or is it actual like a GT like with multiple things going on? Oh, that is purely a Malifaux tournament. Okay. That's, uh, that's something I'm putting together. Yeah, that's what that's what I prefer, actually. Because sometimes you get to, like, a con or something, and it's just, like, ugh, all these people. But, you know, actually, like, just a specific, this is a Malifaux event, and then you just draw in a bunch of, like, 20 to 30 Malifaux nerds. It's a good time. Yeah. All right. Um, and, that's the and Dixon, what about you, my friend? Anything? Uh, same as always, I'm going to be at the Lone Star GT. I am thankful for everybody to help me get there. I, I want to see you guys. And if you're okay with hugs, I want to give you a hug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, that is whatever that second week of October is like October 13th to the 15th or something like that. Um, and we're actually going to have Doug on some probably after the nerfs get dropped and it gets... So probably sometime in like early August, we'll probably have Doug on to talk about him. I'm talk hoping, about him you know, crossing my fingers and toes because I, I want this to be dropped at Gen Con just so we have enough time. Yeah, that'd be nice. That way I can really start digging into some of these models that are getting nerfed and I can make a decision on what I'm playing. So because anytime there's like a new GG or a new set of nerfs and buffs, I always look at the factions and I, I play it. I'm like, OK, who am I playing now? And then I'll stick with that for a bit. And then I'll switch again because that's what I do. But uh, uh, thanks for everybody for listening. And until next time, make sure that you guys are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we'll see you all later. Bye.